and welcome to another episode of Exposit the Truth, where it's all about the clear understanding of the living Word of God and how to apply it to everyday life. Here we are with part two of Authority of Scripture. Authority of Scripture over our lives as believers, um, how it is the ultimate authority, and how we are to obey every word uh, and every verse that God has spoken. It is forever. Not one stroke or dot will ever be removed from his word. He will keep his promises and he never breaks them. All right, so here's the key takeaway. Uh, We are in a spiritual battle. Whether or not people choose to acknowledge it, all around us, we can clearly see people struggling with all kinds of hardship. Um, This is from sin, the fallenness of mankind. This includes anxiety, suicide, murder, addictions, lust, immorality, and anything else that clearly leads to hurt, pain, or guilt. Thankfully, God gives us his word, which is the weapon, the ultimate weapon, to fight back and resist evil, make the correct choices in life, with his word as a light on our path. As long as we put his word as the ultimate authority over our lives, the Holy Spirit then intercedes for us, equipping us with the power to understand, trust and obey, endure hardships and struggles, and fight back against the sin in our lives, which, if we let it, has the ability to destroy ourselves and those around us. So, with that said, let's dive into the first passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 4, 1-11. through 11. The Temptation of Jesus Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then, The devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. And so here we have verse 1, To be tempted by the devil, Uh, God himself is never the agent of temptation, but here, as in the book of Job, God uses even satanic tempting to serve his sovereign purposes. Christ was tempted in all points. Satan tempted him with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. In verse 3, where it says, And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Um, 
There was no doubt in Satan's mind who Jesus was. But Satan's design was to get him to violate the plan of God and employ the divine power that he had set aside in his humiliation. In verse 10, that refers to, uh, Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. For it is written, refers to uh, the citing and paraphrasing from Deuteronomy uh, 6, verse 13, Again, these relate to the Israelites' uh, wilderness experiences. Uh, Christ, like them, was led into the wilderness to be tested. But unlike them, he withstood the every aspect of the test. So, in Matthew 4, we have this battle that you see taking place, right? With the devil and with Jesus. Um but of course, we know who the uh, who holds the victory from beginning to end, um, and that is God, that is Jesus. But we see the example of how we fight back with Scripture, right? Um, every each time He says, "For it is written." And something very important we also want to take note is that the devil also knows Scripture. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that Satan knows Scripture too, and he will use it. And twist it to uh, bend the truth, distort it, and um, you know, get us to fall, um, just like he tried to do to Jesus. So you know, this is why it's so important that we know um, every detail of Scripture and and be able to recite it in context. Um, not not trying to like rearrange verses and arrange verses to fit our narrative. That's extremely dangerous then actually you are already being deceived by Satan. But to be able to speak with confidence um, and with respect, the highest respect and honor, to honor God's Word by saying and quoting uh, all, all of Scripture correctly. All right? And so if you fear God, this will be automatic for you. If you truly fear and love God, you will um, be very careful of how you quote Scripture and be very respectful and think twice. Um, but yeah, this is this is how we fight back. Okay, and now for Second Peter chapter one, verses twelve through eighteen. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, meaning he's gonna die very soon. As our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, um, and that so he was given a vision or a prophecy, verse 16, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we were made known to you, the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when we received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. That's in direct reference to when he was uh, being baptized. And God, they heard the voice from heaven. God the Father spoke. Uh, verse 18, We ourselves heard this very voice, born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And so, verse 15, After my departure, that refers to Peter... Uh, 
wanted to make certain that after he died, God's people would have a permanent reminder of the truth. And so this letter was written. Cleverly devised myths refers to um, mythical stories about gods and miracles, realizing that false leaders and their followers would try to discredit this letter and that he was probably already being accused to concocting fables and myths in order to get people to follow him so he could mass uh, wealth, power, prestige as false teachers were motivated to do. And you can really see that today with the false teachers, um, all the charismatic movement teachers that um, are all about motivating your own motivation and the power of will and all these. But they're all about just, you know, uh, fame and fortune, really. It's all about just wealth. There is no repentance. There is no uh, God's word in what they do. Um, So Peter gave evidences in the following verses to prove that he wrote the truth of God as a genuinely inspired writer. Okay, and the next two passages of scripture are from Psalm and Isaiah. Um, They're short and quick, and I, I really like um, these verses in, in reference to honoring God's word, and it just shows the seriousness of how we are to you know, respect God's word. So uh, Psalm 119, 105 through 112. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my free will offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statues forever to the end. And so, yeah, that's a very powerful psalm right there about the Word of God being a lamp to our feet, the the guide in our life, um, and how true that is. Uh, God's Word provides illumination to walk without stumbling. So simply put, Okay, and the next uh, and final passage of Scripture on this lesson is going to be from Isaiah 40, in just uh, 6, 7, 8, three verses here. Um, but the key you know, takeaway from this Scripture is the word of our God will stand forever. And that's exactly what Jesus said. He said, not a stroke or a dot from any of these pages will uh, by any means go away. Heavens and earth will pass away, but not my word. Uh, so Isaiah 40, 6, 7, 8. A voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. So that's a clear you know, metaphor how we... Uh, humans, people, uh, we, our life is so short that, you know, just like the grass, just like the seasons change when the grass, you know, is alive, then it dies. 
It's alive in the spring and summer, then it dies uh, in the fall and winter. Just like that, our life is like grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. And Peter also uses this to, uh, as a reference, and he quotes this in, 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 uh, in his book. And so uh, in verse 8, the word of our God will stand forever refers to the permanence of God's word, uh, guarantees against any deviation from the divine plan, God's plan, right? Um, he has promised Jerusalem's deliverance through his coming, so it must happen that way. So here's a response. Do I have the ability to fight back and hate what is evil by knowing and understanding God's word? Right? So am I, is, is there enough scripture in my mind and in my heart, written in my soul, that I can quickly you know, counterattack? Right? If someone's trying to hurt me, um, you know, um, I need to be able to counterattack. Right? Quickly respond. Can I do that with scripture? This is the question. The true Christian meditates on God's word daily and has discernment not simply by being able to memorize verses but by being transformed and walking in a righteous life that is pleasing in the sight of our Lord Jesus Christ. And with that said, now you know a little bit more about the authority of Scripture.